seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In January 2023, Constance Martin and her boyfriend, Mark Gordon, disappeared and went on the run with their newborn baby, Victoria. A nationwide search resulted in the sad discovery of Victoria's body, and the pair have now been charged with killing her, which they both deny. I'm Jack Hardy, a news reporter for the Daily Mail. I'll be in court every day, reporting the events as they happen. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheatham. Together, we'll take you behind the headlines, bringing you the evidence, witness statements and testimony from the Old Bailey in London. This is The Trial. Constance Martin and Mark Gordon. So, just over five weeks since this trial began, the prosecution has finished outlining its case to the jury, and next week the defence will begin. Yeah, so Caroline, we've heard from all the prosecution witnesses and we've seen all the exhibits, so in today's episode we'll bring you the final pieces of their case. We'll outline the possible cause of Victoria's death and explain why it was hard for pathologists to be certain how she died. We'll also bring you the moment the judge had to ask the defendants to stop talking in the dock during the evidence. And we now know that on Monday, Mark Gordon will start giving evidence in his defence. Welcome to episode 11. The prosecution closes its case. So, Jack, in the last few hours, the prosecution case against Constance Martin and Mark Gordon has closed. And on Monday, we're expecting the defence case to begin. Yes, so the final pieces of evidence today we heard were from the pathologist about the possible causes of death. Uh, Victoria, we know, was a newborn baby and she died after allegedly being carried around in a little bag for several weeks in winter last year as the couple were on the run from the authorities. And what we found out today was she may have died from hypothermia or while sleeping in a dangerous position in Constance Martin's jacket. But it's impossible to know because by the time her body was examined, it had decomposed. And Jack, most of the evidence around this was given by a pathologist who we heard from today. That's right. So now this is a home office pathologist called Dr Nat Carey who we were told has more than 30 years of experience in his field, and uh, during this time he's carried out thousands of post-mortem examinations. Now, he told the jury that the post-mortem examination of baby Victoria was carried out on March the 3rd last year, so a couple of days after her body was found abandoned in a shed in Sussex. 
Now, because the body had been recovered sometime after the baby had died, he said there was still a significant amount of decomposition. And by that stage, there was only a nappy that was properly in position. And he said, unlike what we might watch on TV dramas like CSI, it wasn't generally possible to give an exact time of death based on pathological evidence alone. He was questioned initially by Tom Little KC. Their exchange has been voiced by actors. It's an inexact science, if it is a science at all. A lot of the processes that go on after death are chemical dependent. The colder it is, the slower decomposition will happen. Will there be a degree of continuing decomposition before you conducted your examination? Once it is in the fridge in the mortuary, it will arrest matters. They wouldn't stop them completely. So Dr Carey explained the weather and the season can affect quite significantly how easy it is to tell when someone died. For example, during warmer weather, bodies will tend to attract flies, but this isn't the case during the winter. Other observations about when the infant may have been alive are more important than the body itself. So the results confirmed there was no bruising to the scalp or underneath, and there was no skull fractures. We were also told that toxicology tests had been carried out to see if there was a presence of anything unexpected, like traces of drugs, but none were found. Based on your external and internal examination, was there any evidence of natural disease that could have caused death in this case? No, there were no congenital abnormalities. No injuries that would be consistent with other forms of assault or restraint? No, there was not. In terms of your opinion to the cause of death in this case, what was your conclusion? The final pathological cause of death was recorded as unascertained. But the pathologist then said, despite not being able to definitively provide a cause of death, his report had set out a few possible causes. A number of causes have been ruled out, and really when you start to take into account the circumstances, which is really a matter for the jury, hypothermia, being out in a cold environment, is a very important cause of death. What about other options? The other would be co-sleeping, sharing sleeping facilities with another person when overheating may apply, or breathing in of expired air which lacks oxygen and has excessive carbon dioxide both of which are disadvantageous if it goes on for a sustained period of time. In relation to co-sleeping, are there any matters that arise? Obstruction of breathing for being in an awkward posture. At this age, it's very easy to impair breathing without there being any sign on a post-mortem examination. From a pathological perspective, do you favour one over the other? Not really. It seems strange when it is either overheating or being too cold, but it's very much factor-dependent on which matters the most, really. It is fair to say none of that is provable. You can't do a blood test. As far as hypothermia is concerned, if that was the cause of death, is that something that would have been an ascertainable sign of death from a pathological perspective or not? Possibly. The most reliable way would be to measure body temperature, but it would be very unusual to have that data available. It's not unusual when children are very young to not have signs at all. Now, Dr Carey was cross-examined by the barristers for the defendants and John Femiola KC, who represents Mark Gordon, confirmed there was no evidence of violence. And the doctor also agreed that there was no evidence to support the cause of death being either hypothermia or co-sleeping, but he said he simply could not rule it out. Now, it was at this point that Francis Fitzgibbon KC, representing Constance Martin, he started questioning Dr Carey. And he agreed that if the weather was relatively warm, it would reduce the risk of the baby dying of hypothermia. He also agreed that this could be further mitigated if the baby was inside what Mr Fitzgibbon described as a micro-environment, which is inside the jacket. You'll remember we covered this concept of a micro-environment in our episode on Wednesday. Mr Fitzgibbon then wanted to ask more about co-sleeping. 
It is not a case of co-sleeping in the sense of the baby going to sleep in a bed with the mother. The proposition is that after breastfeeding the child, mother has fallen asleep and in so doing has somehow compromised the baby's breathing. I cannot exclude that. There are a whole load of circumstances in which co-sleeping can cause death. We don't have much data involving tents in the UK, so who knows? It is not a matter of tents. That's a phenomenon that can occur anywhere with a tired breastfeeding mother. Most of the descriptions are of sleeping in domestic settings. So next we heard from Dr. Andreas Marides. Now he's a paediatric pathologist and he helped to conduct the post-mortem examination on Victoria. And his evidence focused mainly on how old Victoria was when she died. Now this is important because Constance Martin and Mark Gordon claim Victoria was born on Christmas Eve and that she died on January the 8th, which you might remember was one day after they were seen going onto the South Downs with her allegedly in that little bag for life. Now, the pathologist confirmed that this lifespan could be consistent with his findings, but he said he couldn't be sure about her exact age when she died. We'll take a quick break there. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, before the prosecution officially finished their case, they had a few final details to share with the jury. The first was to provide them with details of the tent that the couple had slept in when they were camping on the South Downs in January last year. Now, you may remember that the jury was shown the tent pinched next to their bench in court a few weeks ago, but later on they asked for the dimensions of the tent and for details about how thick the couple's sleeping bags were. So what we were told was the tent had been bought by Mark Gordon in a branch of Argos in Whitechapel on January the 7th and it was called a pro-action two-man dome camping tent. The description of it taken from the Argos website and read to the jury says it's perfect for weekends away or backyard camping. We were then also given the tent's dimensions and specifically how much space there was inside the tent. Now, it was 110 centimetres in height, we were told, so just over a metre, 140 centimetres in width and just over two metres in length. 
Now, in terms of the sleeping bags the couple were using while they were camping, a Met Police homicide investigator called Detective Sergeant Ian Valentine told the court that unlike duvets, sleeping bags don't use the TOG system. Instead, they use a measurement called GSM. Now, that stands for grams per square metre. And we were told that the sleeping bags the couple were using were 200 GSM. And we heard that different GSMs are recommended for different seasons. And the season deemed most suitable for 200 GSM sleeping bags is what the industry calls season two, which basically means early spring or early autumn. And you'll remember that the conditions the couple were camping in while they were on the run were sub-zero temperatures at times, dropping as low as minus four. Now, the jury were then shown an identical replica of the little bag in which it's alleged Victoria spent much of her short life. It was a red bag and it had a sunflower printed on the side along with words like lemons, flowers, lawnmowers, peppers. They were also shown the burgundy puffer coat Constance Martin had been seen wearing as the couple travelled across the country. This was the jacket, you may remember, which she had wrapped around baby Victoria on the CCTV footage. Then they were shown the baby grow, which Victoria had worn during her short life. It was a tiny white cotton onesie with a teddy bear pattern on it. Now, one of the jurors started to cry after she handled it as it was passed around in the evidence bag. Now, before we finish, Jack, a quick word on the two defendants and their behaviour in the dock. Yeah, so Constance Martin and Mark Gordon often quietly exchange words in the dock during the trial. Um, They have just a dock officer between them, but Constance Martin in particular tends to pass quite a lot of handwritten notes to her barristers as the hearing is going on. But this week, when the jury were listening to some of the evidence, uh, specifically relating to a little bag, the judge Mark Lucraft had to ask Mark Gordon to be quiet because he was talking too loudly in the dock to Constance Martin and to the dock officer. And then soon afterwards, Mark Gordon actually excused himself from the dock requesting a toilet break. So next week, the defence case is going to begin and we're expecting to hear from the first defendant, Mark Gordon. Yes, that's right. So the jury have been told that Mark Gordon will be giving evidence in his defence and that's due to start on Monday. We should remind you that Constance Martin and Mark Gordon deny manslaughter by gross negligence. They also deny perverting the course of justice, concealing the birth of a child, child cruelty and causing or allowing the death of a child. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on X at The Trial Podcast and contact us on thetrialatmailmetromedia.co.uk. You can leave us a comment on Spotify or even send us a voice note on WhatsApp on 07796 657 512. Start your message with the word trial. See you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Our hit series, Everything I Know About Me, is back for a brand new season. And this time, our guest needs no introduction. Of course you find me, Darren! But here's one anyway. Hi, I'm Gemma Collins, and this is everything I know about me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again, because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. And ashamed. And I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have camel toe. Unbelievable. And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah, I remember that being really stressful. Everything I Know About Me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.